I think you should have a body and a mind that's open to constantly learning and changing because that's, that's how the nervous system stays complex. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Pass, thanks so much for joining us on the uh, on the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. So we met um, earlier this year, actually. At the, uh, I think it was the third annual East Coast Combat Summit organized by uh, Andre Potenko up there in um, near Philadelphia. And that's, I had a really good time co-teaching a couple of sessions with you. We did multiple attackers and stuff, like uh, beat each other up a little bit. That was a good time, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I was really impressed with the um, with the fluidity of your movement in those sessions, especially against multiple attackers. You seem to be having a really, really good time moving in amongst like three or four people. So maybe we can get onto in a little bit kind of where some of that fluidity comes from and kind of your philosophy and kind of mixing and matching and moving in um, bits of different movement movement disciplines to complement Systema as well. Um, but first, just a little bit um, for those who haven't met you. Um, how did you get started with Systema? Where are you teaching just now? And what was your kind of early weight in? Um, well, I discovered system about eight years ago. Um, you know, uh, I started out with traditional martial arts, jujitsu, keto, uh, tried it, Wing Chun, Tai Chi. I, you know, I, I went all over the place, tried a whole bunch of different things. And, um, um, you know, I, I was really tired of having to go to three different schools to get everything that I wanted to get. And, uh, I never even heard of Sistema until, um, about, until about nine years ago, and I was training out in Colorado with uh, Hiroshi Ikeda Sensei hmm. in Aikido. Yeah. And um, uh, there was somebody in the school, I don't even remember his name now, but he said, yeah, I took the Sistema seminar with Vladimir. And he started showing me the striking, you know, being able to take the strikes and um, yeah. how to make the, the strike invisible. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. You know, and he kind of planted the seed there. And, uh, you know, I didn't even think much about it. I was just like, wow, this is cool stuff that I could take and put into my, my keto practice and my martial arts practice. And, um, I ended up moving back to New York and, uh, my keto practice kind of hit a plateau mm -hmm. and, you know, the teachers weren't really encouraging in the direction I was going because I was kind of going off on my own at that point. And, um, I was punching people randomly in class. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was always doing that, but like now it was like, I was a black belt, so I had to do everything their way. And, you yeah. know, uh, I was like, well, you know, but I wanted to go into something new. I didn't want to just keep doing the same two dozen techniques over and over again. And I didn't want to do it the same way over and over again. Mm. And, you know, my other martial arts were bleeding in and I was doing like these little, I guess, fight clubs, you could call them like that bunch of martial arts would get together from different martial arts and we'd spar basically for a couple hours. And, mm you know, that wasn't really, uh, working out either because we just spent time, you know, there's one guy dominating everybody and nobody's really learning anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe you should go check out Sistema. I started looking online and, uh, somebody at the school said that, uh, there was fight house down the street. Um, and that's where I met Edgar Sekuls. Yeah. So I went there to just try a class, you know, I was, I was just going around trying everything at the time. And I took, took the class with Eggers and he was doing multiple attackers mm -hmm. and all it was, was how could you use the same strike to hit three to five opponents in one movement? Right. And I was floored. I loved it. And <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that, you know, in an hour and a half with Eggers, I learned more than five years of Aikido. Wow. 
Yeah. I'm like, I learned more about myself. I learned more about how to train. I'm like, where has this been for the last, you know, 10 years of my life? And, you know, it, it, uh, uh, you know, I was hooked. I was addicted. It's, so I yeah, was going you, got to, a, you got a lucky break there as well being, I mean, not yeah. so much lucky given that New York's so huge and there's, you know, good instructors partly because it's such a great, great base to draw from when people have been the training there for a long time. You know, you got Frankie Folletti, you got Edgar Schools, you got so many other people spread across the city that are just great instructors. But Edgar's in particular, you know, he's just particularly skilled and just uh, has spent so much time with Michael and been to Russia so many times and been to Japan to, you know, follow Michael around when he's teaching there. And he's just, uh, he just has extraordinary skill. And that's uh, for you to fall into that. It's a, it's a bit of luck too. I mean, you could have easily yeah. just gone into some, you know, some of the Joe Schmo starting up a systemic group and been like, yeah, it's all right. You know, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's like one of those teachers that like you go into his class and, you know, if you go in for one class, you can be like, yeah, wow, I learned a lot here, but you don't really get to see what Eggers is doing unless you spend some time with him and you yeah. go to each of his classes, like, cause he progresses, mm. but he progresses at a very slow rate. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, y- You'll go in and, you know, you'll be working on the same subject for several months, but he'll attack it from every possible avenue, every possible angle. Mm. And he'll take a look like right now, we're just looking at how to move with pressure from the knife. Right. And we Mm. have been looking at this for months now Mm -hmm. and we're just looking at it in several different ways, you know, whether it's lying on the ground, sometimes we're, uh, completely escaping. Sometimes we have to completely blend with it. Sometimes we're immediately turning back to the blade. Yeah. Sometimes we're just trying to figure out how to get to a control point on some random part of our body. And he just, he, he, you know, I've learned so much from him about teaching in the long term hmm. rather than just for the class, right? You're not yeah. thinking just the class, you're thinking about your students in the long term. And that's really what I learned from him. Um, you know, whereas I go to like a, a Vladimir class, it's a different thing. Mm. Um, he will have his theme and maybe he's on a theme for a couple of weeks and stuff, but you know, he has a faster paced class. Yeah. And um, he tries, tries to make the class self-contained. So, I mean, I guess yes, he does that. Yeah. If you go up there for like a week or two, you see that Vladimir does that too. He'll, he'll start with a progression on like a, you know, a Monday night or something. And then he'll run it through and he'll be doing it in the morning class on Tuesday in the morning class on, on Thursday. And you'll see him kind of developing the themes, but he adds a little bit of spice to every class to make it a little bit different as we go through. It's, a, it's right, a, right, to keep right. it interesting as he goes. Yeah. And, the, the, and you know, it's very playful. And yeah. um, I try to take from both his classes and Eggers and, you know, what I when I teach, you know, and, uh, I kind of have, I try to take elements from both of those things. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. So anyway, back, <laughs> back to your question was, yeah. I got, um, uh, I started training with Eggers twice a week, two to three times a week. Um, because you know, keto dojos, they had classes seven days a week, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, I could still skip out on three, three, three days of those for Sistema and right. Sistema was only three days a week. And, um, you know, I did that cross training for about a year and mm. then I had a falling out with my dojo because I, I was teaching pushups and, um, they were like, okay, well you don't teach pushups, you know, you got to do the traditional warm ups." And I was like, well, you know, I can't do that. Everybody's arms are weak. <laughs> I can't teach the thing I want to teach because I can't, you're not letting me strengthen their bodies. And, um, you know, um, I'm like, I can't teach what you know, because I don't know what you know. I know what I know. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, uh, I was also doing classes at the point, you know how the keto classes are, they'll show eight or nine techniques in one class. Yeah. And I was taking one technique and I was doing like a systema thing with it. I was approaching it from every possible aspect. Yeah. Uh, so, and I was, I was ripping things apart in that way. 
and people were loving my classes, but the sensei wasn't liking my classes. So okay. yeah. I was like, at this point, I'm like, you know, if I can't do my training here, then I have to, I just have to go. So did you just and, leave wholesale at that point and just become a trainee again under Eggers or did you start teaching at that point as well? Or like your yeah, own I group? Just, <laughs> I, I wasn't teaching it. I, uh, yeah. I just went and kept training with Eggers and this was, um, 2011, I guess. And yeah. you know, then I did summer camp in 2012 and yeah. I got my, assistant instructorship and then, uh, uh, started my own group in Jersey city while I was still working a desk job. Yeah. And then 2000, I guess 2014, um, mm-hmm. you know, I stopped doing everything else and I just did Sistema. Right. Um, and I tried to start my own, uh, my own school here in Jersey city and that's been up and down. Uh, I actually found that uh, I do, do really well with kids and workshops and health oriented things and, and stuff like that. So I have about two martial arts classes a week and then mm. the other ones are movement and health and kids classes and things like that. Yeah. I'd like um, to get into that a little bit actually, cause it's, um, it's, it's, it's not always the, the path that people take. I've seen some people teach some system of health classes as like an addendum to the normal thing, but most people just kind of roll it into one ball and try and teach the whole thing. But it seems like, um, you have like a whole branding on this. I was just Googling away and you've have, it's called geo movement. So does that come from, Mm-hmm. like the japanese for freedom movement yes yeah gotcha. freedom, freedom and autonomy yeah, yeah. so um, and, and it looks like you kind of bother, borrow from a lot of different disciplines or you use a lot of di- different disciplines of which sistema is one right so you have like dance parkour gymnastics kind of you know kettlebell training yeah. strength training calisthenics all kinds of stuff how did that come about was that like a a choice to try to net people that are interested in different things and then as the gateway drug to sistema or was it that these are all things <laughs> that you were interested in anyway and you wanted to kind of explore all of them all at once well i mean everything i do is for sistema okay mm-hmm. and sistema is for everything i do yeah and i i, I kind of see like uh System is at the basis of all of that. You know, it's not just as, you know, Vladimir always says, it's not just a martial art. Sure. I mean, it just happens to be a martial art. It right. happens to fit into fighting, happens to fit into self-defense. Um, and uh, all these other ways are just, all these other things that I do are just, um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of separation. Hmm. The idea of, you know, okay, we do this, but we don't do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, fine, but, you know, you don't do that right now because you're studying this. But, like, that doesn't mean that, you know, just because you practice practice martial arts, you shouldn't learn how to climb. Right. You shouldn't learn how to run or you shouldn't learn how to jump Hmm. or you shouldn't learn how to lift something up. Yeah, right. (laughs) The martial art's not going to take care of all that for you. Right. You know, you still should be able to swim. Swimming is not just, you know, a sport. It's a survival. Sure. (laughs) It's a survival skill. Yeah. Um, And, you know, to to like just kind of say that, okay, well, I'm just going to be a boxer. I'm just going to box and that's going to be my everything. Well, that's fine until you start working with a grappler that knows how to keep you from boxing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine to be a grappler until, you know, you have to deal with multiple attackers and there's knives and guns involved. Mm-hmm. So it, to, to like say that we're only going to do this set of things and that's the only set of tools that I'll ever, ever need. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like I often think of myself like I'm uh, I was a musician before I started martial arts. Yeah. And I learned to play five inch five or six instruments on my own on top of my principal, which was guitar. Mm-hmm. And. And I did that was not so that I play any instrument and be in a band and play any instrument, but so that I understood guitar better. 
so they understood music better as a whole. So that when I played with other musicians, I better knew my place and better knew what I sh- what I should be doing. And then sometimes guitar wasn't the appropriate instrument for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It it, it um, it's not that you know you have to be good at all those different things, but I think you should have a body and a mind that's open to constantly learning and changing because that's that's how the nervous system stays complex. Yeah. That's how the nervous system keeps us from getting Alzheimer's. Right. Yeah. Developing cancer from constantly changing and growing and learning different things. That's how we stay healthy. Yeah. Um, so I constantly explore movement. I just love fluid, effortless, creative, instinctive movement. Um, I love improvising. I love being able to just pick something up and play with it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something that gets lost as we get older, we get stuck in our ways. Yeah. We just do the same thing over and over again. People, you know, they have their job, then they have their little hobby, they have their family. And then that's kind of like it, they're stuck into that. So they don't challenge themselves after a certain point. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just cause they're too busy and too mentally exhausted, but you know, that play, that play that we have when we're little kids to just like, Oh, well, I want to try that. Let me put my hands in that. Ooh, doing the dishes is fun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that type of thing. I think that's something that, you know, I've been able to keep throughout my adult, my adult life. And I think it's something that everybody should try to, you know, uh, rekindle. Yeah. 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 That's it, definitely, it's, it's something that I've been really passionate about as well. And it's, it's funny enough, I'm teaching a workshop and I don't know when this is going to go out, but it's, it's this Saturday. So this might have, uh, when this podcast goes out, it's probably been gone, but it's uh, called intuitive movement. So I'm doing a four hour seminar and it's just about how you can use Systema as an operating system to explore and take yourself back from kind of special, high over specialized types of movement, you know, I mean, and in martial arts, you know, it's taking stances and doing specific techniques and throws and stuff like that. It's just one form of specialized movement. Right. Um, but in, there's, there's kind of established ways to do all kinds of different movements. So if you're going to do a handstand, you know, yoga, yogis will tell you one way to do it. And the gymnasts will be like, Oh, that's terrible. That's not a real handstand. It's like, Oh really? Cause that yogi or yogini is doing it and they look, they look fine. You know, all that kind of stuff. So people can get a little mm-hmm. bit dogmatic about there's one way to do it, or there's a better way to do it or not a better way. And the internet just seems replete with people arguing over the best way to lift a kettlebell, the best way to, you know, pick up yeah. a barbell, whatever it is. And people get so stuck in their ways that they forget that, the original natural way of learning to lift stuff up was just to do it over and over again and figure out how to do it efficiently without without hurting yourself, right? And it, it's true. Sometimes somebody comes along and they figure out a better way. So people tend to kind of take notes from that. But I think there's there's something that's lost when you start to, for the want of a better word, systematize things and make it just like a method. And then we're like, this is how you lift weights. There's no other way to lift weights. You know? Okay. And then everybody studies that and then they become kind of dogmatic about it. And then they get more and more shut down and they can't explore anymore. And then you say to somebody like, you learn to play several instruments. If I said to somebody else, like, oh, you know, I play guitar, right? I never learned to play piano, but if I had more time, I probably would get more into it, right? But I can play yeah. drums. Like a few years ago, I started playing hand drums in a, like a band where my wife was belly dancing. So I joined the Middle Eastern <laughs> band and I'm like learning hand drum. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. But and yeah. you say to somebody like, oh, I can't play the drums. I never learned how. It's just like, well if you had a bit of time, you wouldn't have to have a drum instructor. You would sit down and figure it out and just bash on the drum. You would suck for a while and then you would get better and you'd figure out how to suck less. And then on you go. And, and that's how you learn. That's how we learn anything as kids. You just you fail, get better, fail, get better. And, and your nervous yeah. system builds things naturally that way, right? You kind of, it layers itself. But these acquired methods, I think they're, the, the, the advantage is that somebody else has done a bit of the legwork for you to systematize it and say, this is a good way of doing it. So you don't have to do 50 bad ways. But I think the downside is that people start to think, well, 
if nobody's teaching them something, then they can't learn something, right? That they won't even right. start because they're like, oh, I'm not the sort of person who can play an instrument or I'm not the sort of person who can do gymnastics or martial arts. Do you know what I mean? Is that kind of what mm-hmm. you get out of? Yeah, that's, that, that, that was like the whole goal of, um, I don't know how much of you read my website, but that was the whole goal of uh, uh, what GU was, was yeah. I wanted to teach people to be, um, I wanted them to be able to work away from me, not just with me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of doing something that's really terrible for marketing, yeah. which is I'm, I want people to be, I want people to be independent. I yeah. want people to enjoy to do it on their own. Otherwise, you know, I mean, what is all this? It's just another fitness craze. It's just another, like, like you said, method. Mm. And you know, people ask me, well, what is your method? What's your method all about? And I said, I don't have a method. Mm. My, if I have a method, my method is to adapt to the student. Hmm. What does the student need from me? Hmm. You know, and most of my most of my system students are all private students. Yeah, they come to me with their own per, their own uh, their own set of tools and their own desires. And most of them are martial artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that maybe had to deal with injuries, or they. I have this one one guy that's a school teacher in the public school system, and he's constantly breaking up fights. So we're working on, you know, how could you be more aware of how to, you know, handle the kids without hurting the kids. Hmm. Things like that. So it, it, you know, it really depends on the, on, on the individual. My whole thing is to like, you know, uh, and Manny said this to me, he's like, you know, you have to be with the other person. You have mm. to kind of see what is it that this person needs? Where's that balance? You know, that's the type of yoga that I do too, mm. is there's no cookie cutter patterns. Mm. You, know, you lift your arms differently than I lift my arms. So why should I have you lift your arms the same way I do? Mm. It doesn't make sense. When the whole purpose of lifting the body, lifting the arms is to open up the chest. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you to put your hands together and it closes your chest, what good was it for you to close your hands? Mm. You know what I mean? Some yeah. people can do that and keep their chest open, but most people can't. So it's actually better to open your arms up to the side that opens up the chest. That's interesting. So I see parallels in that sometimes with stuff like, yeah. um, you know, teaching a squat and systema, you know, sometimes as well, people can be like, oh, your feet have to be perfectly parallel and your back has to be vertical. And then you yeah. can squat down. It's like some people can do that immediately with no training and they just have the hip structure for it and just like the relative right. biomechanics other people have terrible trouble with that and forcing them to try and do it it's just gonna and sometimes it can you know injure them literally they where they try and keep their back straight and so they take all the pressure on the knees and then they you know and then they'll be out of training and stuff like that so yeah you have to kind of allow that people have different shapes and sizes and different yes. backgrounds injuries different th- different acquired patterns some of which are good some of which are bad and you have to be mm-hmm. able to filter those and but if you're not even open to them if you're doing a one size fits all top down thing then you lose the right. capacity to do that, right? Yeah, and it's it's uh, the 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 yoga that I do and sistema and the movement system that I'm uh, I'm developing. It it all has to do with the function creating the form, not the other way around. Hmm. And unfortunately, you know, the fitness fitness world, the conventional fitness world, is big on form and very little on function. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, they, you know, that was, that was one of my problems with the Aikido, uh, practices was that they had this really high ideal for, um, the principle, right? Mm -hmm. A very high philosophy, a very high, high, high bar that they wanted to reach. And I loved it, but they kept, they kept doing it in a merely aesthetic way. Right. You know, it was all it was all form based. And, you know, forums are nothing more than a series of preferences. Mm -hmm. So how can I possibly get to this this place when I'm trying to make my body look like somebody else's? Hmm. 
you know, why can't I use my preferences, right. you know, the preferences that work for my body with something that feels good for my body. And I think that's something that Systema is genius. Like the system is just genius yeah. at discovering is like, okay, you know, all those techniques are great. They're tools. They're awesome. They're like a hammer in the toolbox. You can pick it out. But you know, if you don't know how to build a house, if you don't understand how to build that house, what good is the tool? Hmm. If you don't understand things like structure, you don't understand how to, um, to make sure the place isn't going to collapse. Yeah. You don't understand how to drive the nail in. Like you don't understand how to hold the hammer or, you know, not to fatigue. How can you possibly build yourself up to that without just understanding how, you know, the, the, the basic principle behind everything. Hmm. So, um, you know, that was, that was, uh, the big inspiring thing from Systema for me was that, you know, it's like jazz. We talked about this when we're at yeah. this, mm-hmm. the summit. Yeah. It's like system to me is jazz. It's right. just it's riffing. You know, it's you, jamming. <laughs> you take from here, you take from there. And like, yeah. you just, um, you just play according yeah. to what's going on. You have to pay attention to the other musicians. You have to pay attention to your partner. You have to pay attention to your aggressor. You have yeah. to pay attention to the attacker. And to me, like philosophically, you know, system is way up there. It's, it's really, that's, that's interesting. I don't know if we, uh, I can't quite remember where that conversation went by the end of it because there were some beers involved, I believe, when we're talking about yes. that after a while. But um, uh, but it just came to mind as well that when you look at kind of really high-end jazz, like really advanced jazz musicians, you're talking about like Miles Davis or Charlie Parker or something, you're looking at very minimalist stuff too. It's just like the band will be going like, and they go for a while, there's a bunch of stuff, and then it'll just be like... It's like one little note, one little stab in the perfect time with the, with the perfect kind of offsetting yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And if you look at um, advanced systema practitioners versus kind of beginners, it's the same kind of thing. They're just they're patient and they, they observe the whole time and they move. And instead of hitting you five times and doing some complex series of adaptive takedowns, it's just move, move, move. And boom, there you go. There's the one strike that puts you down. So it's the little Miles Davis trumpet stab that hits you in the chin and puts you down with the perfect <laughs> timing and the perfect precision, you know. So that just sprang to mind. I don't know why, what we're talking about. Yeah, that. yeah, probably. Proper timing. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Timing. So, did you um? So, to arrive at this methodology, and so of course, like Systema's like the operating system, like you said, it's, yes. the, it's the way that you can and you can turn it to all of these different things. Did you formally study any of the other kind of disciplines that you're using, like with the the yoga, or did you study a few styles and then kind of make them your own? Or and the same thing with like the other stuff that you're teaching out the place. And, and do you do you teach all of these, or do you have other instructors who kind of share the workload with you and kind of mix and match? Um, I train with people in parkour, contact improv, dance, things like that, but I don't teach any of those. Okay. I do have certifications in yoga. I have a 500 hour certification in yoga. I'm finishing up right now. Yeah. And, um, the, it took me 15 years to find a yoga teacher that I wanted to work with. Hmm. I was doing yoga for a long time and I was getting hurt a lot in yoga, you know, and probably more often than I was in martial arts. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I found, I found this tradition, the Krishnamacharya tradition, which is actually classical yoga. It's older than anything that's going on right now in the mainstream. Mm. It's much, much older. In fact, a lot of the people like Bikram and Iyengar and all that, this guy taught them. Wow. Basically. Okay. Mm. So, and this like goes source. back. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's the source. And it goes back to the original idea of what yoga was supposed to be, which was a practice that you did on your own every day. It was self-study. You just went to the teacher to get what your studies would be, right? Yeah. And to discuss. And then you went and you worked on it on your own. Then you went back to the teacher and, um, you know, and, you know, he talked a lot about this function creates the form, not the other way around. And it was yoga that was meant to be 
not just physical, but a mental practice. So you start mm-hmm. with the physical, breath and movement, uh, there's very similar to what we do in Sistema. Mm-hmm. We teach beginners in Sistema is how to breathe leading with the breath. Yeah. Okay. Leading the movement with the breath. Um, and, uh, the whole idea was to eventually take yourself to a place where you have not been before. Hmm. So to experience something you didn't, you didn't experience previously. To me, the yoga and the system are very parallel to each other. System is like something like that you do to relate to the world around you in a changing environment. Yoga is something that you do when you're just by yourself and you have to kind of examine yourself in that way. So both are self self inquiry um, systems to me. Right. One's self-inquiry for system is self-inquiry for dealing with your environment and yoga is self-inquiry for dealing with yourself. So I guess the people, um, I don't know, I have friends who study yoga for a lot of years. One of my um, students and uh, former students, Al, he's like a, well, I'll say former military. He's one of those guys who just keeps getting hooked back in because he has the skills. He's in like a, you know, skill set and intelligence and stuff like that. And they just keep pulling him back in. So he never quite stops working for them. And he's always like deployed all over the place and things. But uh, yeah, he's like a yoga instructor too. And like put a lot of time into it and Ayurvedic medicine and a bunch of other things as well. Um, and the, the way he, he talks about it and other kind of high-end yoga uh, instructors that I've talked to, if, if the argument is that, you know, if you study enough on your own, if you figure out these things, these functions, these things you're working towards, then it will just kind of perfuse your wider life, right? It will pervade everything. And like even under stress situations and things, your general state is just more balanced and you become that still pool of water that reflects things more purely. And I guess that, that, um, that philosophy is echoed in a lot of other things and a lot of other martial arts too will tell you, no, sign up and you'll become confident and calm and these other things. And you mentioned in Aikido, that was often there, you know, it's the way of love and least resistance. And you, you know, your idea is to kind of blend yes. with your opponent, your environment. And the idea is that that tracks across into your wider life and just happens. But as you said, it's, um, it seems like a long way to get to that function. If you, if you have to go via the forms, you're like, well, trust me, do this long enough and eventually you'll understand and you'll start to come out in your life. Whereas system is something we practice doing in interaction with people. Now I'm not saying that that necessarily makes it better. I just think it's, it's an interesting kind of comparison that's where we right away start working on the actual things. Yeah. And the problem becomes, I, like you said, you know, teacher friend who has to break up fights. He's like, it's hard to do that without exacerbating things or hurting the kids or getting punched myself. I don't know, or something like that. Right. So how do I do this, you know, more efficiently? And, and that's the problem that you that you solve towards rather than being like, there's a whole bunch of forms and trust me, if you master them, then when you mm-hmm. go to break up a kid fight, everything will become known, right? It's yeah, like kind of that feeling. So, yeah. <laughs> the weekend of September the 22nd and 23rd, 2018, Martin Wheeler will be returning to NC Sistema for his seventh consecutive year with a two-day fight clinic entitled Slip, Strike, Grapple. The seminar will be held in downtown Durham, North Carolina, and is currently priced at $150 for one day or $255 for both days. Podcast listeners can claim an additional 10% off using the discount code HITME at the online checkout. That's H-I-T-M-E at the online checkout. Visit www.ncsystema.com slash events to register. Hope to see you there. You know, there's an accumulative effect to practice that we both are aware of like yeah. when you dive into something, any subject material. And this comes from an idea that, um, you know, at least uh, that they say in yoga philosophy is that the mind takes on the properties of the things that you focus on. So, you know, uh, we don't just focus when we're around other people or when we're training, you know, martial arts, but we also focus when we're by ourselves in a calm place. 
you know, and, uh, that's especially hard for people today with all the technology. We get yeah. more, we, we, we actually receive more information in one, one hour now than some people used to receive in their entire lifetimes, like a hundred, right. 200 years ago. So processing all this information and being okay with just being by yourself in a quiet room mm-hmm. is really, really hard for a lot of people, Yeah, you know, and there, there's something to be gained from that as well as, you know, being around other people and interacting with other people as well. And, and so, to play devil's advocate on my, yeah. on my own point here, otherwise, um, there's also a good amount of the most valuable work that's done in Sistema is also solo practice, right? If you just show yes. up just to the group practice and you just try and blend with the exercise and you do like you know a few push-ups whatever you've got time for in the class that's being led by the instructor and then you roll into but necessarily into the partner practices and the things that you can't do on your own right that's kind of the 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 Mm -hmm. job of the instructor is to set things up so that you can explore with a partner and do all those kinds of things but if you don't put in the time on your own in between right if you don't have kind of like a daily you know, practice that you can work on yourself. If you don't practice walking and breathing, um, keeping, staying aware of your structure, staying aware of the way, staying aware of the way that you shift weight and working on your push-up, then your push-up will probably not get much better. And then you won't have that foundation for keeping your shoulders relaxed when you're pushing and other stuff like that. Right. So it's, um, so some of the most important work that we do in Sistema, I think is akin to yoga. It's like, it's, it's, it's done on your own at home at the beginning of the day before, way before you even go to class and you feel the benefits of that. I just took a month in, um, I was in Spain and Portugal visiting my family and I was gone for a whole month and I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be terrible withdrawal from Sistema. I've never not trained Sistema for a month in the last like, you know, 12 years, 12, 13 years of training. I'm like, oh, it's going to be terrible. And I, I did a lot of, basically, you know, I went via Toronto, which was great. So I dropped in, did a couple mm-hmm. of classes um, and then we flew to Madrid and then right away we're in these Airbnbs and, you know, various cramped spaces and stuff. But I just maintained a practice every day of doing breath work and some push-ups and you know squats and body raises and then just kind of examining movement almost in a kind of like Feldenkrais way just like how do I lift up my arm without involving any other muscles and all that kind of stuff you know Um, and I did that for a whole month and what was really interesting was that I came back and there was a little bit of kind of like I hadn't been punched well for a month so I wanted to get straight back in the class and have some people smash me and you know get that (laughs) out of your system a little bit but once that was done once that kind of contact inoculation was over I found that I'd learned so much in that month it was like a whole bunch of other things had settled down and I actually improved having taken a month off of working with people and just working on my own it was like that Sistema yoga that I put in on my own actually improved things after I came back so it's it's, there's I think there's there's a definite there's a necessity for both types of practice right the solo exercises the solo reflective stuff and the partner practice and drilling right and it's you know there's no contradiction yeah that's the beautiful thing about Sistema Sistema and yoga do not contradict anything Right. You can put it in with anything that you do. If you could breathe and you can move yeah. and you can concentrate on what you're doing, you are doing system and yoga. Yeah. Mm. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. It, they don't, con- they don't contradict with anything. And, um, you know, I approach the, the parkour stuff I do, the movement stuff, mm. the groundwork stuff that I do. I, I every, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm by no means good at parkour mm. or climbing, but I love it. Mm. I love practicing it, you know, and I do it within the capacity that I could do it. Yeah. And I can take plenty from that, you know, proper jump mechanics. Um, you know, they, I think parkour and Sistema have a lot in common. I think I would love to see more parkour and Sistema working together because parkour is, um, they have to deal with fear a lot. Mm. You know, they have to deal with the fear of I'm jumping over this chasm, Yeah. Mm. <laughs> jumping from one place to the other and one wrong move. And I'm probably in the hospital. Yeah. You know, and it, it, they really have to deal with this in a different way. Mm. You know, um, 
uh, it's just another way to practice your system your breathing and things like that. And I, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that, you know, could be done with that. We did, uh, um, a system and parkour blend workshop about a year ago and nice. it was awesome. Yeah. So we were chasing each other around obstacles and everything. We were using the obstacles to disarm and, yeah. um, it was a lot of fun. You that know, sounds like awesome fun. Yeah, maybe we have to come down here sometime, roll down from New York, come down North Carolina and teach one. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll, I'll get my guys to roll into that one. Like, yeah. Yeah. All the movements are like, yeah. there's nothing contradictory um, because, you know, parkour is pure function. Yeah. It's pure function. So hmm. they, it really, it really goes really well with Sistema. It's, it's kind of like, you know, Sistema is really great getting away from an attacker, but then, you know, you got to run away too. <laughs> I think the, there's, there's another interesting so parallel there as well is, is that, um, I think in the early days of parkour, I think parkour comes from the French from like literally the, the, the way, right? It's the path is like getting there. Um, and yeah. the whole goal of it was literally like, what's the most efficient way to get from here to there? Like, is it under yes. an obstacle? Is it over an there obstacle? It's, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about that efficiency, like going through. And then like the, like the two French founders, I can't remember names like David, David yep. and the guy who was in the gold nine movie, I can't remember. The, the, no, not gold nine, like Casino Royale. Him, there's the two of them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but, it was all this idea about just pure efficiency. How do you get through there and, and how do you jump down off of something without hurting yourself? But it seems like it's kind of morphed a little bit into like when you see the teenagers doing it. Again, when I was in Spain, I saw these kids practicing on the beach and it's, they did a little bit of A to B and then mostly they just spent hours practicing doing a, like a half twisting double backward somersault off of something and into the sand, you know? So it's like the tricking and the, the Jackie Chan-esque kind of mm-hmm. like trick landings and things like that are the ones that people seem to get like most out of. And it's, I think it's only really exploded since that stuff hit the scene and kids are, teenagers are like, oh, I can look flashy and impressive doing this. So it's kind of funny that the thing that's drawing yeah. it, drawing them is not the thing of pure value. And I think it's a lot of parkour purists, as I understand it, who are like decrying this kind of move towards tricking and flipping and all that kind of stuff. And they're yeah. like, no, this was never the idea, you know? So, and it's kind of the same thing with Sistema. Sometimes people come in and they, they're like, me the awesome Russian move which is you never see anywhere else where I can disarm the guy with a knife and jab it onto his bum and you know they, they don't yeah. I'm like well let's learn to breathe and walk <laughs> first they're like I can walk I can breathe you know they want to jump straight yeah, to the yeah. flashy stuff and they don't want to do the what's actually not only necessary but actually more valuable you know so, so tell me something maybe you've, maybe you've had this problem too is like mm. I, I have somebody come in and take videos or pictures of my Sistema class and I have some promotional materials and then I look at the videos and yeah the pictures and I have nothing to use yeah. because I'm not showing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Especially anyway, the pictures. It's like videos are okay sometimes, but the, the pictures is a bunch of people <laughs> standing around like walking. <laughs> sometimes one of them has an arm extended, you know, it's like sometimes yeah, you don't even see the punch. Somebody falls down yeah. and somebody gets up and you can't really tell what happened. And yeah. it's like, how, so how do I show Sistema in a way that, you know, it will bring more people into my classes. And it's, it's quite interesting. You know, the, the mm-hmm. people who come to me for Sistema, they're people who have heard about it. Mm. and they they want it it's not because they saw like something flashy on yeah youtube or anything like that they they want they want it because it, that's why i end up with a lot of like uh people who are martial artists before yeah you know like oh now i'm injured and i'm broken and yeah I, I want to learn how to be healthy and still, I still want to do martial arts. And yeah, I think most people find it when they need it. Um, but there's still the yeah. perennial question of like, well, if they don't know what it is, then they can still never find it. Right. So you still, so yeah. maybe the answer is that we have to get 
more of the into the marketing the way we put it out there it's not like more mm. moves and more of the martial art but actually promoting more you know you could show people doing parkour and people climbing and people swimming yeah. and people and be like do you know what you know i got better at all of these things i never used to be able to do any of these or you know kind of the weight watchers model he had this guy who's all crippled up and you know injured and he's <laughs> like you know he's late 50s and he's already still can't you know can't yeah. move because he's got knee and shoulder injuries from other stuff tennis and bjj and whatever it's going to be and then mm. you say yeah well you know i used to be like that and now here's me climbing and doing all these other things is actually not the martial art that's the, the most impressive part. It's the fact that you can do all this other stuff. And people are yeah. like, wow, what's the system that got you all that stuff? I'm like, funny you should ask. <laughs> and you kind of go, exactly. maybe that's the way forward. I don't know. I'm a, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm approaching 40 and, um, you know, I'm moving better now than when I was 15 yeah. because of Sistema, you know, I'm, I'm able to do things that I wasn't able to do. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really happy about that so so on the subject of movement um yeah i noticed i was, I was frantically googling away before we came onto the uh, on the podcast as i do like a kid cramming his homework beforehand i'm like oh i know i knew enough about you like beforehand but mm-hmm. i just you know just making sure that i kind of have some other things to talk around and, and i noticed that you had a pretty recent article i think it was like just last month or something in medium.com mm-hmm. and uh, and it was on the subject of speed um speed and skill are you training too fast and i thought in, initially before i actually saw that it was medium i just clicked the link i'm like oh, i thought it might have just been uh you know a blog or maybe you put it on a generalist martial arts website but it really wasn't it was it was kind of geared towards kind of all people all kind of training modalities mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and i yeah. thought it was really interesting and you, you took kind of what i've heard from vladimir and, and a lot of other instructors before of this maxim about that strength and speed if you have to use excessive strength or speed to solve the problem then it's basically you're compensating for a lack of skill um, the kind of this way so so you shouldn't depend on those things because not only because can because they can be taken away from you right uh, if you're injured or mm. something um, but also because you'll never learn the skill um, and you kind of point out that uh, with true relaxation you get different aspects so you sort of said that you become more skillful you become faster and more explosive and you become kind of more effective overall can you can you talk a little bit about that kind of how does relaxation make you more skillful Sure. I, I actually, I think you articulated it better than I did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, here's the thing. Um, a relaxed muscle is a lot more sensitive than a tense muscle. We yeah. know this, everybody mm-hmm. knows this. Um, and I was actually talking to another instructor the other day, Greg, Greg draws that quote. We teach kids together. And, um, you know, we were talking about how, if you can't feel your heart rate, at all times, you're too tense. Hmm. So you, if you can't tell, if you can't feel your heartbeat and you can't pace your breath with your heartbeat, you're too tense. So instead of trying to work faster all the time, right, which just accumulates more and more tension, hmm. if you try to work as slow as possible and then build yourself up to a point where you can perform the skill or the activity that you're doing and still feel your heart rate and still remain relaxed, hmm. you'll actually learn not just to move faster, but minimal, mm-hmm. you will learn to move appropriately to whatever pressure comes to your body. And the nervous system learns better because uh, tension creates stress. So when the mind becomes stressed, you can't, you can't really learn properly. Right? Yeah. When, when, you know, you can test yourself under stress. That's one yeah. thing that's testing, but that's not learning. Yeah. So, um, you know, you need to be able to be, have a relaxed mind in order to observe what's going on. You need to be aware of all the consequences of the actions that you're taking at that, that moment Mm. or the skill that you're working on so that your mind can make the adjustments. Um, and then we could get into mentalities too, but that's a, that's another subject too, Mm. like different 
different states of mind. But um, um, a relaxed muscle is more sensitive, which means you will move with proper timing when the muscle has to create an action. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, there's definitely this whole idea that if – and sometimes people get confused, I think, because they think, well, I can't have no tension. That's ridiculous. I have to use a muscle. I have to tense a muscle somehow to start moving. But I think a lot of the time what we talk about when we, at least when we talk about physical tension in Sistema, is kind of antagonistic tension, right? It's like when your muscle, before you move any muscle, there is a little bit of preparation in both of the muscles involved, right? So if you, you know, measure it with microcurrents and all that kind of stuff, like every time you Mm -hmm. want to lift your arm, there's a tiny bit of activation or preparation in all of the muscles involved, just a little kind of flutter. And then after that, with skill, you learn to fire up one muscle, but not the antagonist, not the one that's pulling it in the other direction. Yes, and you, and you yes. learn more and more to relax one muscle while the other one does the job that it's trying to do. And the more that you can do that, the more the delay between you thinking about doing something and it happening gets decreased. So you get faster, right? Um, but also there's no power delay, right? Because the power curve is smoother as you go yes. through. But what a lot of people do is they start with that little flutter of tension and then they fail to let go of the of the antagonist. And so they're, they're, they're pulling back on themselves. And I think the classic example is probably like a body raise when people try and sit up with a straight back and, the, and their lower back is tense. Their lower back is literally pulling them back down again. And they can't figure out why they're shuddering and like jerking and they can't get past the 45 degree point. It's because their own back muscles are pulling them down. So learning to a body raise isn't about like, you know, honing an iron core. It's about learning how to activate your stomach muscles without switching on your damn back muscles by accident, right? So yeah. it's about that intentional... Um, control of relaxation and tension, right? So it's yeah, not about having no tension. It's about like it's having more control and more differential tension. Is that, is that kind of what you get out? Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're articulating it better than me. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. Maybe it's the English accent. I don't know. Yeah, right? it, it comes with being British. We just it sound has, authoritative from Britain. It has to be the accent. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I think about a lot recently is like how do I create the power with the structure of my body, which means connective tissue. Yeah. The connective tissue creates the power, right? The big muscles are for force, right? But connective tissue is for that structure. Mm. So how can I just align my body properly? Then I don't have to use as much strength, Mm. okay? So one of the things I think about too is like if I'm sweating, I'm probably working too hard. Yeah. Probably not using the connective tissue. I'm probably using the big muscles. Mm. Now, you you and I both know that um, some people have no idea how to shut off the big muscles Mm. unless you exhaust them first. And that's what those those exercises like holding a push-up for 10 minutes and things like that. Mm. So that you learn to use the connective tissue and develop the connective tissue uh, rather than brute force musculature, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, getting to that point where like how can I, you know, structure the whole body and relax the bigger muscles and only using those muscles for things that are more like plyometric, right? Yeah. Things mm-hmm. jumping and landing and how can I gradually tense and gradually relax the muscle? Yeah. So that whenever I receive pressure to the body, I can keep everything loose, I can move and and like we we're saying, um proper timing is speed in this case. Mm. So if you're relaxed, you can have proper timing because mm-hmm. you're moving with whatever's happening. Mm. That makes you seem like you're fast. It makes you seem like you're moving very minimally. Yeah. Right. So you don't have to move as much um, rather than trying to just depend on reaction. So yeah. you're being responsive rather than reactive. Mm. So rather than seeing something, say I see a punch coming and I'm like, okay, well, my brain says, I see a punch. What are all the possibilities for my movement now? My brain says, okay, I'm going to move this way and then I'll counter and I'll move this way. Hmm. Okay. How many processes is that? 
That's mm-hmm. four or five processes just it, to get it's out too many. One, two, <laughs> right. Yeah. And we both know that like if that person is faster than we are, there's no way I'm getting out of the way. Yeah. Rather than, you know, teaching the body to be relaxed, receive whatever's happening and allow that to put me in a position to do something. Yeah. Now you've got one process mm. and it's so much quicker yeah. than if you're trying to do, you know, well, I see that I make a decision and then I counter this way. And yeah. in that, in that amount of time, you know, we've been hit three or four times we're on the ground. Sure. To say so, nothing of like the analysis paralysis that comes with having a whole bunch of yeah. predetermined, like I'm going to do combo number five followed by seven, mm-hmm. you know, then nobody, you can't think you don't have any conscious awareness in, the, in a fight situation. You're just going to do what your body was going to do anyway when you when you put on the pressure. Actually, the analogy reminds me of almost like when you look at an elite tennis player versus like somebody who's just not quite as good at Wimbledon or something like that. And you see the, you know, the veteran not really running all over the court. They're just kind of controlling either the middle of the back court or just kind of some space a bit further forwards. And they're just kind of smacking it around to the left and to the right. And the other guy's just sprinting as hard as he can and diving and yeah. doing all this amazing kind of balletic and, you know, <laughs> acrobatic stuff to get the damn ball back. And that gets the oohs and the ahs. But no, Nobody's really impressed with that guy if he loses, right? If he does all of that and then wins, then it's fine, right? But if he's just on the losing end and the other guy's actually controlling the exchange by just positioning himself well and being precise, and he can take his time because the guy can barely get the ball back. And so he's like, oh, here comes the ball, and now I'll put it there, right? And it just kind Mm -hmm. of gets on an initiative run like that. And it seems to be the same kind of thing, you know, when you're working with Vladimir or a high-end instructor, he's taking his time. He's not in a rush to put you down. Like he can no. generally do it within the first part of the movement because he's already seen what you're going to do when he's approaching. Um, but if you get into an exchange, he's not in a rush to grapple you to the ground. He's just like, well, let's let this come and, you know, just, just see what you got. Right. And he can pick the timing to put you down. Whereas I think a lot of the time we're too keen to rush in, to touch hands, to get a grip, to make contact, to get a strike, mm-hmm. to change the, change the exchange too soon. We're like, no, I want to go straight from like you attacking to no, you, you need to lose you. I'm going to make you lose, right? That kind of feeling. And, and I think that impulse sometimes can infect everything. That psychological impulse can just make us um, hold our bodies in the wrong structure. You know, like to be too keen, even just as simple as leaning into it or leaning forwards and then losing your spine or also just to con- configure yourself in weird ways, like to brace up your chest because you know, you're getting ready to strike or something like that. When really what you want to do is leave yourself loose enough that you can escape or strike without being seen or something like that. And so there's, yeah, there's, there's so much that comes into it. Right? There's the issue with motor skill too. Like, um, yeah. you know, motor skills are great. I'm not motor skills, yeah. but the problem with a motor skill is that, you know, a motor skill is a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. It's a pattern that you're driving into your brain and you're, you're practicing it over and over and over again until you can do it without thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when that motor skill or that pattern is interrupted? Mm-hmm. You're lost. You don't know what to do. Yeah. You have trained to lose the motor, the motor skill, um, you know, and what are you going to do? You're going to train for every possibility. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, your nervous system doesn't work that way. You know, you can't train for every possibility of being interrupted. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. But, but what we could do is, you know, if you train like, uh, um, rather than training patterns, you train your body to get into positions. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's what Vladimir and Mikel are so great. At. I mean, Mikel seems like he's barely moving, but mm. he's always in the right, right place. Right. Yeah. You know, just always moving into the right place, always being in the right place. Then you don't need these big, long, complex motor patterns. All you need is something very, very basic. You know, even sometimes the attacker throws himself on the ground because they just, they don't yeah. understand what's happening. Mm. You've interrupted their motor pattern and that's why they're, that's why they're falling. Um, and that's where, 
that's actually the place where all those techniques that we learned for a decade yeah. <laughs> before we started uh, Sistema, that's where all those techniques actually come up and start working is mm. when you've been able to not commit to the motor pattern, but put yourself in the right place. Yeah. And then those techniques, then you can do a technique. Then they sure. just express themselves, right? Say, oh, yeah, this is, your body recognize it. Oh, this is the perfect place to do that. You know, it's like, yeah, it comes look, out. I got yeah. an arm bar. I got a yeah. wrist lock. It's right there. I didn't yeah. have to like look for it. I just had to put my body in the right place. So, hmm. you know, I think, I, uh, you know, I don't want to misquote anybody, but I think like, I think Mar- Martin Wheeler was talking about this during one seminar years ago about like it's tactics, hmm. you know, over strategy. Yeah. Makes sense. So, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, your tactics are what you're doing in the moment. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Tactics are like how you put yourself in a position to make a better decision. Yeah. Or, you know, have your tools to use your tools. Mm. And, you know, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at in my training right now where, where I'm thinking. Because, like, I, I have enough techniques and they haven't been working for, <laughs> for 15 years. Yeah. So, um, you know, I find that they work best when I don't try to do a technique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They come up, you know, randomly when I'm just trying to keep myself safe and alive Yeah, and then come up and like I could use them, but mm. they don't come up when, when you want when them to. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't force yeah. them to come up. Yeah. You can't force yeah, the issue. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, so what's happening next for you? You, um, are you expanding kind of geo movement or are you uh, looking to kind of change the way you're teaching? Are you teaching more kids, more adults, uh, seminars, anything like that? Or? Um, I'm still doing the, uh, my same structure, which is, uh, I have private lessons. Uh, I have Jersey city system starting up again in next week, actually Great. Wednesdays and Wednesdays and Saturdays. And we do drop in classes for, you know, a couple months. Um, I do regular workshops pretty much every Friday in New York city. Hmm. Uh, they're different, um, different subjects. So, uh, we just did a joint health and stability workshop. We, uh, I'm actually doing a Sistema, the intuitive body tomorrow. That's oh, a cool. workshop tomorrow that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, that's based on what, uh, the signs of danger that, uh, seminar that Vladimir did back in June. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be, uh, showing some of that stuff. Very cool. Um, yoga workshops, movement workshops, generalized movement workshops, uh, health and breathing, um, you know, everything. So cool. everything, everything that I do. <laughs> so if, if somebody's in New York city or, or New Jersey and they want to get hold of you, they want to train, where's, where's the best way to find you online? Um, go to my website. It's G U J I Y U dot U S. Okay. And you can contact me through email or, uh, my phone number's on there too. So grand bro well, i'll stick that in the show notes so it's clickable hopefully and uh, and hopefully we'll send a few folks your way and uh, and looking forward to train with you again sometime soon maybe roll on down to north carolina and we can do some parkour or something show me how it's done i'd love to i'm i'm, I'm gonna try and come down for martin wheeler next month uh, we'll see oh, what happens that'd be ace yeah yeah i'd be glad to see yeah. it that's gonna be a that's gonna be a really fun seminar i think martin's gonna be looking a lot at um tactics in that one i think like positioning for yeah. uh, for street fighting he like he likes Good. to keep it down and dirty so that's uh, that's that's the yeah, way he's he, rolling so. he hasn't been to new york in the last couple of years so i, I miss yeah. him i gotta come i gotta come see him and yeah and great well you're welcome anytime man we'll, we'll be glad to see you <laughs> all right cool. man. we'll take care and we'll see you again soon thank you thanks for listening if you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Systema, please visit us online at www.ncsystema.com. Mm-hmm.